Hey everybody and welcome to Steve's NRL Footy Tits 4 Round 20. I'm your host Stephen Westway, back again to discuss all the latest in the World of Rugby League and give my previews for every game this weekend. I'm recording this on a Wednesday afternoon as I said. The big news in New South Wales today is that the majority of the state and in particular Sydney will be locked down for four more weeks due to the latest wave of COVID-19 and what this means for the NRL of course is that Pretty much the rest of the regular season, at least, will be played up in Queensland. If the finals were to start up there, then you would assume that all the final series would take place in Queensland, including the grand final for the first time in history taking place at Suncorp Stadium. So that's huge news. But, I mean, I'm kind of going crazy in the lockdown. I've only been able to film this podcast, and I've still been busy with my two jobs, but haven't been able to film my movie review one. But I hope all you guys out there have been keeping safe. I know a lot of people haven't been able to see family members and friends, and it's a tough time for everybody, especially those people out of work. So I hope you guys are all going safe out there. I hope I can you know, take you away from all the real-life issues for half an hour, and we can just talk everything rugby league. And there's two big news articles I want to talk about before we get to my tips for the round. And the first one, it's a game changer for the Melbourne Storm into the future. And that is the fact that Craig Bellamy has re-signed there for a further five years. Now, it looks like he's going to be the coach for the next two years. At least, at the very least, it'll be 2022. He'll be returning as head coach of the Storm next year. But after those one or two years, he could potentially take a a smaller role and go into the back office and potentially lead the club to the future. It looks like Craig Bellamy will have the choice of picking his own successor to who will be the Melbourne Storm coach. And that is huge news for the whole Storm organization and really should put the rest of the rugby league world on notice. I mean, throughout his career, Craig Bellamy has uh, played in nine grand finals. I, I believe that he's coached his team to nine grand final victories. Of course, a couple of those got stripped due to the salary cap Uh violations back in 2009 but the fact is that he is without a doubt the greatest modern day coach in the game only pretty much rivaled by the likes of Wayne Bennett and Trent Robertson but the the amount that Craig Bellamy has been able to do at that Melbourne Storm Club the talent that is you know developed whether it be Smith, Slater, Cronk, Folliar, Inglis all these guys in the current batch guys like Pabberhausen, Hines, Grant, Brandon Smith, the Cheese it's just been absolutely unreal to watch over the last 20 years, and it's going to be sustained success for the foreseeable future. I just see the Melbourne Storm being such a powerhouse uh, for years to come, and it's all on the back of Craig Bellamy. So it's a worthy re-signing. You look at the Storm in 2021, and that tells you all you need to go, uh, all you need to know. They haven't lost since round three to the Penrith Panthers. They've lost them this weekend. They've scored 11, in their last 11 games, they've scored 40 points at least in every single one of those matches. And, you know, they're on a 15-game winning streak. The last team to beat them was Penrith. This time, they're versing a very different Penrith outfit. But the Storm are just going to be a powerhouse of the NRL for years to come, and it's on the back of Craig Bellamy. And that's a huge announcement. And whoever takes over from him is going to have a huge pressure on their shoulders, but they're also going to have Craig Bellamy there to help you know, develop their career as a head coach in the NRL, and there is a sounding board for any advice that needs to be given. So, Craig Bellamy, it's probably the biggest signing news that we've heard this year, and man, what a what an amazing place for the Melbourne Storm to be for the next five years at least with Craig Bellamy at the helm. So, um, yeah, it, it's huge, and you know, there's a reason why they're always premiership favourites, the Melbourne Storm. 
The other news I wanted to get into, and it's not the Dale Finucane news, we'll probably hit on that at some point in the, the show, the fact that he's signed with Cronulla for a four-year deal. It's a big signing for Cronulla. Well done. We'll probably hit that when we get to the Sharks game preview. But I want to just congratulate uh, Roger Tulavishek on a hell of an NRL career. 195 games, I believe, he's he played. And he's got a rugby union next year. He's gone back to New Zealand for the rest of the year because of the COVID situation and the fact that he might not have been able to get back over there immediately if, you know, the situation got worse here in Australia. And he hasn't been home barely for the last two years. Now, I know the argument's coming out that he's on a million dollars a year and he should have just rode out that wave of momentum and potentially got back on the field for the rest of the year. But... The amount of service that he's given to the NRL and to the Warriors in particular, he's a Dalian medal, a medalist there. He's, him and Toby Harris has been the backbone of that club for the last five years. Uh, he deserved his career to end on a better note in rugby league. And, you know, we're not going to rule out the possibility of him coming back at some point in the future if the trip to the Union doesn't go as planned. But just a fantastic career. Orianti, uh, he's, he wasn't always the most creative fullback in the world, but he was one of the best runners of the football that I've ever seen for a, for a fullback. And the Warriors, in my opinion, everybody's saying, well, you just let your best player go for the rest of the year. Well, the Warriors were using him on the wing and then experimented in his last game with him at 5-8. But I know that Reese Walsh is an exciting young player, but if the Warriors wanted to get the best out of their team this year and really push towards finals contention, then Roger Tuivasa-Sheck had to be fullback. Walsh has got a huge future, but you've got to put him in at 5'8", all on the wing, and RTS should have just been able to play the role that he's been able to play for years. But regardless, um, great career at the Roosters and the Warriors. Roger Tuivasa-Sheck, thank you um, for, for providing some great highlights over the years. Um, you will be missed to the World of Rugby League for sure. All right. Time to get into our tips for round 20. Let's preview the whole round. And there's some big games this weekend. Some teams are definitely playing for their season at, at this point, namely teams like the Tigers, the Warriors, the Cowboys, the Dragons. This is the week. It's do or die pretty much for those teams. Knights and the Raiders, another game that has significant implications to the top eight. And then you got to battle pretty much for a top four spot almost in the Eels and the Roosters. The Roosters are only four points away from the Eels now after they lost to the Raiders last week. We've got some big games and that blockbuster match between the Storm and Penrith are there as well. Let's preview them all. Let's start with the Thursday night match. Alright, before we get to the opening game of the round, I just want to acknowledge that in the first segment I said that the Craig Bellamy had coached his team to nine grand finals for nine grand final victories. That's not what I meant. I meant five grand final victories. My apologies. Obviously, 2007, 2009, 2012, 2017, and 2020. But still, a great record for Bellamy and a huge signing for the future of that club. Alright, let's get to the round now. It's a huge round, round 20. It's such a great escape from what's happening in real life at the moment if you live in New South Wales and the action all kicks off tomorrow night from 7.50 from BB Prince Stadium up there in Queensland when the Sydney Roosters take on the Parramatta Eels with potentially a top four spot on the line in this match. The Eels, they're on 28 points with 13 wins. The Roosters, they sit on 26 points with 12 victories. The Eels still have a significant uh, advantage in the forward against department. So if the Roosters do manage an upset here tomorrow night, the Eels will still be in four for now, but the Eels such, have such a tough run coming home. They've still to play the likes of the Storm, the Penrith Panthers, the Manly Sea Eagles, and the CR City Rabbitohs before the end of the regular season. So the Roosters are kind of going to be licking their lips and uh, hoping they can get up here and then secure the fourth spot 
in this competition, mainly, even though they're on fire, uh, they're still on 24 points. So they're still four points out of the final four, uh, out of the top four, sorry. So uh, it's going to be hard work for them. But the Roosters win tomorrow night. It really opens up this battle. And both teams, they're going into this match a bit battered and a bit tired uh, due to a you know huge campaign over the first 20 weeks of the competition. The Roosters have had injury problems all season and it just got compounded again last week with injuries to Billy Smith, who had a great resurgence from injury uh, a couple of weeks ago and it was playing some good football. And Matt Ikevahu finds himself injured as well. So uh, that has opened the way for Josh Morris to come back into the team. Him, him and Adam Keegren are the inclusions to that outside back uh for the Roosters, they're both going to be in the centres. Daniel Tupo and Josh uh, and Joseph Manu being the wingers this week. Manu to the wings, an interesting decision, considering the fact that the Warriors are looking at preparing to offer him a $1 million deal a season to play fullback with them from 2023 onwards. But other than that, it's business as usual. They've found ways to win without their key men the, this year, the Roosters, but... Uh, they still have some big guns like Hargraves and Croydon and Radley and Verrills and obviously James Tedesco on board and helping out the young halves combination, Hudson and Sam Walker. They're going to be a challenge to this Parramatta Eels side that went down in a grind of a match to the uh, Canberra Raiders last weekend, 10 to 12. They still are without Mitchell Moses, so they're still without their first choice half back the Eels. The harsh combination yet again is going to be Dylan Brown and Jacob Arthur. I questioned if they were going to be ready for the Raiders last week, and their game management wasn't where I'd like it to be for them at all. Nakore is out this week. Um, his support has been taken on the bench by Will Smith, and, and Bryce Cartwright has found a recall as well into the squad. I think he's been playing some good football there, Bryce, for the Eels since he signed with them. Completely different player than what we saw for the last few years at the Gold Coast Titans, so I think he'll make the most of his opportunity. But really, I think this match has been set up for a potential Roosters ambush. We haven't seen the best of them so far in 2021, so the fact that they're still this close and still in the hunt for the top four is pretty remarkable when you think about all the injury problems they've had. For me, the Eels, when it comes to big games... The jury's still out. I mean, they went missing against the Rabbitohs uh, about a month ago when they played them. Of course, they did beat the Storm in round two, but that was a long time ago now. I just really question uh, the leader of this team. I know Guffo, Clint Guffson, is the leader for them, but these guys, some of these guys really need to step up when the pressure's on the line, and they're not going to have everything go their, all, uh, their own way against the Roosters on Thursday night. But we need guys like Ryan Madison... Guys like Nathan Brown and obviously the halves and Dylan Brown and Jacob Arthur really to come up and make a match, you know, a match winning play. And for me, they just don't have that killer instinct that I'd like to see from some teams. Peter Sterling's been pretty critical of their attack and how they're always just one out, one out, just going through the motions to get out of their own end and not really putting uh, any questions into the opposition defensive minds and. They're not asking enough questions in attack, and they need to sort that out. I know Mitchell Moses really helped straighten up, and his kicking game has been remarkable at times for them over the past few seasons, but they just need to play more direct, stop going, trying to go around teams and go through them, go straight up the guts. And I think that's one thing the Roosters do pretty well. Hargraves and Isaiah, uh, Isaac Liu have been really good this year at just carving up uh, opposition through the middle of the field and making easy meters, and then he they can shift it and spread it to their edges for their big forwards like Crichton and Satilla Tupanua to really get involved. And that's why you've seen them score so many tries, those two in particular, this season for big forwards for the Roosters because 
they get they get the motors going early in the tackle count, and then they shift it, and, they, and Sam Walker has done a really good job with guys like Tedesco and whoever's been in the house throughout the course of the year to get you know those big forwards on the edges, quality balls, and then it's just a mismatch versus the you know the the smaller opposition, whether it be the halves or the five eighths of opposition teams. I think they're doing that a lot better than Parramatta, and I think that if the Roosters can hold them out early in this game, then they can find themselves in with a real shot. Defensively, um, they've had their struggles, the Roosters, but I feel like they offer more in attack. They're going to throw more questions at the Eels. And if I was the Eels' big forwards, guys like Campbell Gillard and Junior Paulo, I'd be putting as much pressure as I can on Sam Walker uh, before he gets the chance to make his move. We know Tedesco is going to be an X-Factor. We know he's going to be roaming everywhere, but they've got to shut down Walker and not let his uh, not let these big edge players get enough ball and, and, and have it their own way. So it's a big challenge for the Eels this week, and I think that... The Roosters are actually the underdogs, but I think the Roosters are specials in this game. I'm tipping the Roosters by eight points. I just think they're going to outmuscle Parramatta. For, for a team like Parramatta, who have such a big forward pack, I question whether they can they can win that battle up front, and I think the Roosters are going to do that, and then I think they, their forwards are really going to get on the front foot, and guys like Tedesco and Walker are going to be difference makers and really um, frustrate Eels fans again because they're going to come up against the top four team yet again and in my opinion they're not going to be able to get the job done I've got the Roosters by eight points in this match all right moving on to Friday night football this week and this week it's actually a double header at Suncorp Stadium and the first game there is the West Tigers hosting the New Zealand Warriors from 6 p.m big game for both clubs who are still hopeful they can try to sneak into the top eight the top eight currently sits at 18 points. The Tigers have six wins, and they're on 14 points. The Warriors with five wins and 12 points. So it's a big game for both teams. Pretty much the last roll of the dice for both of them. Whoever loses this game, you can pretty much start preparing for 2022 because you're not going to get there. And both teams have plenty to play for. The Warriors, they're just on a colossal losing streak at the moment. They had a good performance a couple of weeks ago against Penrith. Then the South Sydney Rabbitohs, they just let them have their own way after a good start and just got demolished in that game. They find themselves on a seven-game losing streak, which is the biggest in the NRL at the moment. They need to find some way to turn it around, and their luck's being compounded this week by the announcement of the departure of Roger Tuivavi Shek. And it kind of, from some people, some critics' opinions, show that the Warriors have pretty much given up on the season. We'll see how they respond when they go out against the Tigers, who, well, they were in the game against Manly last week. They started off pretty well, but they couldn't hold them out. Um, Mainly just so much, so damaging with the football. They got attack everywhere around the park, and I, I think that to be honest with you, Tom Tarovich had one of his quieter games of the season, but they still found themselves uh, severely outgunned in that game. Obviously, the documentary of Tales from Tigerland has come out in the last couple of weeks, and that has been the talking point of the rugby league world at the moment, and how Michael Maguire's been trying to get the absolute best out of his players. Well, they're not going to find a better opportunity to win a game than this weekend. If they lose, you severely got to ask some questions, whether it be the the roster or the coach himself. But uh, I know that they're not the, a team that's filled with star power and not the you know don't have that killer instinct that a lot of teams have. The Tigers, but this is a game they should be winning. Uh, Adam Dewey has been playing some really good football for them. Dane Laurie's always been electric since his debut at the back of the fullback, and I think Dane Laurie's got to be in the conversation for Rookie of the Year. He's been playing that well. But I think the Warriors, I think the Tigers have enough to get over the Warriors because you look at this team that they've assembled. I believe the Warriors have named Peter Hiku at five eight, which is an interesting decision. Him and Sean O'Sullivan um, are the halves this week. They just seem to be 
throwing everything they can at the wall at the moment. They've got a lot of injury problems. Guys like Fanua Blake and Toe Harris, their forward leaders, out of action for the rest of the season by the look of it. And, you know, they're, they're using a makeshift team. They don't seem to know what they're doing. Nathan Brown's had a tough job there in their first season. And I honestly, with the roster that the Warriors have at the moment, I don't see them being competitive for a top eight spot for years to come. And if the Tigers can't win this game, then you've got to significantly... Um, question whether the Tigers and all the everybody that's at that club, um, you know, are there to to try to get the best for the team, and whether it all just needs to be burnt down and start fresh. Both of these teams, it's almost time to look for twenty twenty two, but I think the Tigers survive another day, and I've got the Tigers winning this game by twenty two points. I think it'll be convincing. I think the Tigers, um, they're more motivated, they've got more to play for. And I think that they've got more talent in their side. And I think Adam Dewey's going to have another man of the match performance. Him and Big Stefano um, are going to are going to be are going to be the difference in this match for me. All right, the second match of the doubleheader from Suncorp Stadium on Friday night at eight oh five sees the Brisbane Broncos take on the North Queensland Cowboys, two of the Queensland local favourites. It's a pretty much a big brother versus little brother sort of match, and you know. It, it, when you think of the Broncos versus the Cowboys, you go back and you think of some classic encounters uh, from, I believe it was 20, 2015 to 2017 or 18. The rivalry started just before the grand final in 2015, and it gave us some classic matches, including the Cowboys' uh, first and only premiership so far in their history. Obviously, situations are different this time around. The Broncos have been struggling for a few years now. Um, the Warriors have just been out of sorts um, as well. Both teams, they had decent attempts last week, in particular the North Queensland Cowboys. They were so close to actually breaking the Melbourne Storm's winning streak. They showed a lot of heart, despite not having, you know, the best roster in the world. No Valentine Holmes for that game, and he's still out this week as well. Greenville went back to fullback, and seeing that lineup pre-game, you got to go, well, the Storm are absolutely going to cruise in here, but they showed some fight, and they showed some heart, and I think that Todd Payton would be really proud of the players' performance Alternatively, you look at the Brisbane Broncos match against the Penrith Panthers, and Kev Walters have a lot has would have had a lot to be proud of in that game as well. They were actually down twelve uh, nil or fourteen nil, I think it was, in that game against uh, against Penrith. It might have actually been yeah, I think it was actually eighteen nil. I think they were down eighteen nil in that game, and they they fought back into it and ended up making the final score eighteen to twelve. It was a good performance by them in the second half, but they were just outclassed by the skill of the Penrith Panthers, and I think that. Kevin Walters, though, both of these teams, as I said, they're pretty much looking for 2022. The Cowboys have a chance to make it the finals if they get some luck from this point onwards, but um, they're looking like a team, that the Broncos, that are on the up. They're looking like some smart uh, changes in the back office. Guys like Ben Lycan coming to the club has really changed their fortune and really put a refocus on who they want to focus their efforts on keeping for the rest of the year. Tony Stark has had his best game since he came back last week. I think he still needs to get his hands on the football more. Um, Tyson Gamble is a, is a great competitor. Albert Kelly is apparently fit, but he's in the uh, 20 jersey this week. I'd be, if I was Kevin Walters, very much considering putting him at the 7 jersey and, and getting rid of Croft again. But regardless of what they do, they have some guys there that are really having a red-hot go every week. Tessie New's been good since he's been back at fullback. Um, Palasa, the young kid, the young forward, him and Kobe Heverington have been really good for them since they made their debut, and Payne Huss just leads by example each and every week, so I've seen some promising things on the horizon for the Broncos. You know, this year, 
is a bit of a rebuilding year, just like last year, but it doesn't look like they're going to get the spoon, so they're on the up a little bit. Next year's uh, really going to be a season for the Broncos and for Kevin Walters, which will really show where they're at and whether they can compete for finals football. Now that Kevin Walters got some control over the roster that he's building towards the future. So it's going to be a big season next year. But in terms of this game, I just think that Broncos in front of their home crowd can really go out and um, put on a strong performance. The Cowboys, well, they've been really trying against the Roosters and the Storm the last couple of weeks. And you've got a feel for them. Uh, and, you know, they might break through to get a win soon. Will it be this week? It's tough to say because I think both teams are desperate. I do actually think the Cowboys get the chocolates, though. I've got another upset. I've got the Cowboys by four points. I think it's going to be a highly entertaining game. Cowboys season's still alive. I think they've just got a little bit more to play for than the Broncos at the moment. And I think that if Scott Drinkwater um, can get his side and lead them around the pack properly, him and Jake Granville can combine well and get the forwards going. I think that the Cowboys just might have a little bit too much class for the Broncos. I've got the Cowboys in this game by four points. All right, we're up to my favourite time of the week now, Super Saturday, and the action all kicks off from 3pm when the St. George Royal Dragons host the South City Rabbitohs from one door up there in Queensland, small country town, I believe it is, and uh, it's a game where, if you're going to miss one this week, this might be the game to miss, because I'm a big South Sydney fan, I've got uh, a lot of uh, people close to me, my brother and one of my best mates that supports the Dragons, but in my opinion... South Sydney on the up at the moment. They had a good performance last week against the Warriors. Uh, the defence still, you know, you got to question it sometimes. But Latrell Mitchell combining well with Cody Walker. Reynolds is looking like he's playing some good football. And even without uh, Johnson and Cam Murray this week, I think that the Rabbitohs forwards are going to be way too strong for the Dragons. The Dragons, on the other hand, let's discuss them. Their season have gone. Their season's gone absolutely awful the last month. Since the barbecue gate incident, they've been forced to play without some of their key men every week, and this week's no different. In fact, when you look at this week's lineup, in my opinion, it's got to be one of the worst lineups I've ever seen a St. George or a Dragons team have. At fullback, they're playing the young kid Tyrell Salone. He's got a promising future, but I don't think he's in our all level. We look at their wingers, uh, Gerard Beale and, and Matt Feigai. Their centers are Corey Norman playing center this week. I couldn't believe that when I saw that on the team list. Amone's the other center. Their half, Sullivan Hunt. Then their forward pack, the likes of Kerr, McCulloch, Vasil Malali, uh, Funamanu, Burns, and Tariq Sims. I just can't see these guys competing with the CRC Rabbitohs at all. The Rabbitohs just have way too much attacking them. As I said, the defense isn't always there, but... This Dragons team, they've got some talent with the likes of, you know, Tariq Sims, McCulloch, and Ben Hunt, but... Overall, I think it's a defensive nightmare. A lot of these guys don't have an experience, and I think that Rabbitohs are just playing with so much confidence with the football in hand at the moment. Um, guys like Kalon Matungi is playing fantastic. Jaden Sewers uh, really made the most of his latest, latest recall to first grade. Tom Burgess and Mark Nichols are playing great as, as the Rabbitohs starting props. I just can't see the Dragons keeping touch with the Rabbitohs at all in this game, uh, which is a shame because... A month or two ago, the Dragons were looking like genuine finals chances. Now they find themselves outside of the top eight, I believe. I uh, know they're, they're still in eight. They're still clinging on to eighth, just in for and against eight wins and ten losses. But I think this is the week uh, where you, they can kiss the top eight but goodbye. And I said last week that I thought they'd beat the Titans. Well, they didn't do that. It was a terrible performance. Um, but I didn't know whether they were going to win another game the rest, for the rest of the year. And I'm standing by that statement. I don't think I will tip the Dragons for the rest of the year. They just are a mess at the moment. They really need to cut some of these guys. Corey Norman has been a cancer to the club for a long period of time. And 
The sooner they get rid of Corey Norman, the better. The club can move forward. Matt Dufty's going to be gone soon. He's not even in the first grade team this week. I think he's already served his suspension, and Griffin doesn't want to play him. So it just shows you that there's a lot of internal struggles and a lot of internal decisions getting made at the club at the moment in terms of their future. And the barbecue gate incident just really um, has really just made this 2021 Dragon season fall off a cliff. I've got the Rabbitohs by 50 points in this game, and I think it could be significantly more. I just don't know where the Dragons score points, and I don't know, apart from someone like Tarek Sims, who's going to stop uh, the Rabbitohs from scoring points. Jack DeBellin's a pretty good defender. So is Jack Bird. They're both missing this week. I think this is going to be one to forget. Uh, flat track, 3 o'clock Saturday afternoon, assuming it's going to be a sunny day. How can the Dragons get anywhere, anywhere near this South Sydney attackive, attacking juggernaut of a side? I just don't see it happening. I've got the Rabbitohs by 50. Right, the 5.30 game of Super Saturday, however, might be the game of the round taking place in another doubleheader at Suncorp Stadium, the first of two matches there on the Saturday night. The Newcastle Knights hosting the Canberra Raiders. Both of these teams well and truly in contention for for a final spot. Both of these teams well and truly in contention um, of knocking off the Dragons and taking their spot in the top eight. They're versing each other. Uh, the Raiders starting to hit some good form. They've won a few in a row now, three in a row. They played really good against Parramatta. It was a grindy performance. Uh, not everything went their way, but they really showed some, showed some grit there and some determination with their defense to win that game. A great tackle from Rapano and Mike Siva to get the two points at the end of the day. And some of their forwards are really starting to hit some form. Guys like Josh Hodgson and Corey Wahiranira. Um, guys like Emre Gula, people that had quite seasons so far, have really stepped it up in the past month for Canberra and whatever Ricky Stewart's doing down there, obviously working at the moment. They're versus a Knights team that have a very easy run for the rest of the year. They were competitive against the Roosters, but just significantly at class at the end of the day. They do welcome back, well, they should welcome back Kalen Ponga this week after uh, training mishap saw him end. Uh, so him not play, be a late exclusion from the team against the Roosters. Uh, Phoenix Crossland and Jake Clifford have both been named as the halves this week, but Mitchell Pearce is in the 21 jersey, I believe it is, and I've got a feeling that he will be playing in this match, and I think that he will make a huge difference to them. They're starting to get some a lot of a lot of players back. Clemens back this week, um, I believe as well, um, on the bench, but still back. Drabin uh, Best comes back into the team. It looks like everything's aligning for a late push for the finals for Newcastle. And, you know, both of these teams, in my opinion, probably within the, the best eight squads in the competition. I can see them potentially both taking out the Cronulla Sharks and the Dragons. But at the moment, it's who wants it more. I just think that even though that Newcastle get guys like Pierce, Clemmer, and Ponger all back this week, that Canberra are just playing with some good confidence at the moment. Uh, Rappin has been really good in the fullback position for them. I think that uh, Newcastle are going to take some time to get back to their best, and Pierce and uh, Clifford have barely played any football together. They didn't get their communication right. So I think that they're going to make a, a late rally for the final for sure. But I just think Canberra are flying high at the moment. And uh, I like their gritty determination, their new fan determination they've got in their defensive structures because they were leaking way too many points uh, a couple of months ago. And that game against the Titans where they considered 44 or 46 points have really seemed to change the way they defend uh, since that match. And it's been a positive change there at Canberra. And I think they're, they're building with confidence each week. And they could be a danger to some of these other teams in the top eight. I mean, with Canberra at their best, they can upset anyone. It's just that we haven't seen that much in 2021. And 
the more confidence they get, the more capable they are of, of a big upset against a, a high-ranked team like they did against Parramatta last weekend. So I've got the Raiders in this game by 10 points, but I think it's going to be a pretty tight affair, and I think that the Knights are going to be out to start this game really well and really send a message that they're not going to go down easy in 2021, and they're going to be up for the fight to try to get a 7th or 8th spot in this competition. Well, I said last game might be the match of the round. This game, without a doubt, is going to be the blockbuster of the week. It's the game that everyone in the rugby league world is going to be watching closely. It's the Melbourne Storm, who have won 15 in a row, taking on their opponents last year in the grand final, the Henry Panthers. They've only lost two games all year themselves. It's going to be a huge blockbuster, the grand final rematch. Uh, it's just a shame that Penrith are going to be going into this game without a lot of their key men. No Nathan Cleary, no Brian Toe who suffered an injury last week as well. No Isaiah Yo, no James Fisher-Harris, no Appy Corus here, uh, no Tyrone May. They're a depleted Penrith side, but the way they've been flying and the way that a lot of these guys have come in and got some first-grade experience this year for them, um, guys like Targo and uh, Sorensen, these guys are, are going to have to be up to the challenge because Melbourne, they're welcoming back Cameron Munster, Felice Kafusi and Dale Finucane this week, and there's a chance that Harry Grant, who's been named on the extended bench for the Storm, might make his return as well. It's pretty much all all the big guns out for Melbourne in this test against Penrith. I think Craig Bellamy's been looking forward to this game for a few weeks, just like the whole rugby league world has. Um, the question's going to be whether the Penrith Panthers can hold out the Melbourne Storm for significant periods of this game. The Storm have now scored over 40 points in 11 games running apart from last week where they uh, where they had that game against uh, against the Cowboys that didn't go to plan. They, they won 20-16, to 16, but they still scored 40 points in 11 games in the season, and that's a huge stat. They're on track to be the best attacking team in history of the regular season in the NRL, and the Panthers alternately are on track to be the best offensive team in history. So it's going to be a hell of a battle. Um, I expect... If Penrith can hold out the big storm forwards early, they've really got to get their forward pack up and ready for this contest because, as I said, guys like Felice Kafusi and Dale Finucane have had a spell recently. They're fit, raring to go. Christian Welsh had a grueling origin period, but he had a week off a couple weekends ago as well. Uh, Craig Bellamy's made sure that these forwards are fresh and ready for battle. Munster and Hughes play together for the first time in a little while as well. Papa Hiasen, he had a bit of a rusty comeback last week off the bench for the Storm, but he's on the bench and ready to go again, and we know what a superstar he can be at his best. Um, they've got Nico Hines there. For me, I just, especially if Harry Grant play with his uh, rotation with, with the cheese, Brennan Smith's going to be one to watch. I just think that the Storm have too much firepower throughout the park. I'd be tipping the Storm, even if they uh, the Panthers were full strength. But the Storm just seem like absolute specials in this game. And unfortunately for Pender, if all these injuries come at the, long time, at the wrong time of the year for him, it's just going to be interesting to see whether they can put him all back. And the good news for Panthers fans is they look like all these guys that I mentioned will be back on board for the start of the finals campaign. No Cleary. Um, it's going to be very hard. No Cleary and Fisher-Harris, especially how good Fisher-Harris and Brian Toa have been for him as well this year. They're arguably being their best free players this year. 
going to be really hard to match with Melbourne. And as I said, it's going to be a lot of pressure on these young guys. Guys like Targo, uh, Spencer Liu, Hopgood. These guys are really going to have to step up against this Melbourne Storm team. Even their outside backs, Naden and Robert Jennings, both of those guys haven't played a huge amount of football this year and expect Bellamy to have the big forwards of the Storm really targeting the likes of Burden and Lua. I've really putting pressure on them and their kicking game. Um, Honestly, as much as this game's been billed to be a blockbuster, and this isn't ruling out Penrith at all for the rest of the year, they're still, you know, one of the two teams to beat for this premiership. I just think that Melbourne are on another level at the moment. Once Penrith get their stars back, it might be a different story, but I've got Melbourne winning this game by a significant margin. I've got Melbourne by 30, and I just think they're going to tear the Panthers' defence around and really humble Penrith in this game. And I just don't think Cleary's going to have the answers, um, Ivan Cleary, that is, to uh, to coach his team to a victory here. Bellamy has been wary, uh, wary of the Panthers all year, and he's going to have these guys fired up and ready to get uh, some revenge after they lost to the Panthers back in round three. So I think the Storm, and I think the Storm by plenty. I've got the Storm by 30 in this matchup. Sunday afternoon, football kicks off from 2pm when the Canterbury Bulldogs host the Gold Coast Titans in a game that if you're going to miss another game this round, other than Rabbitohs and Dragons, I'd recommend missing this one. Uh, the Titans, they're playing alright. They beat the Dragons last week pretty convincingly, but there's still obviously significant question marks over their credentials and even their finals credentials. They find themselves in 10th spot and a win this week with a loss to the... Uh, the Sharks or the Dragons could see themselves uh, in the top eight, but they're versing a Bulldog side that, uh, you know, they've been kind of cruising along. Uh, they were competitive against the Sharks without getting the job done there. They really got were hurt by the Luke Thompson sin binning early in that game, but they showed some real heart, fought some, uh, fought some territory back, and, and found themselves in that game. So Trent Barrett would be a lot have a lot to be positive about there. The week before that, they were competitive against the Rabbitohs as well, uh, to the point where they were in the lead at one point. Uh, obviously it's not their season this year and they know it, they're preparing for next season, they've signed the likes of you know the Burden and the, the Fox and now Paul Vaughan as well so uh, they're looking forward to that but this game here, the Gold Coast Titans uh, they should be up for it if there are any chance of making the finals, it's got to be uh, a win here in their column um, Dave Fiedel was great off the bench last week, but surely you can't be starting a $1 million player off the bench every week to get him motivated for a match. He shouldn't have to start off the bench um, to get you know a bit of a kick up, up the arse and perform. He should be doing that naturally and really that carrying this team into the future. Uh, Sexton had a good debut for the uh, Titans as well last week. Him and Ash Taylor combined well. I believe they're in the halves again this week. Uh, but really, for all Gold Coast fans, what you're looking for now is some consistency. You've got uh, some guns and some, you know, some youth, uh, some youth there with some experienced players. Guys like Corey Thompson, who's one of the best and most reliable players in the NRL, um, paired up with a good young kid in Greg Marzu. You've got a good mix of both of them. You just need consistency, and you need you guys performing each and every week. Because at the moment, it's been such an up and down season for the Titans. For for a Titan season where there was so much hope and expectations, and it's been really disappointing. And this is really a game that the Titans should be winning by plenty. But I'm still at the point where I question whether they're even going to get the win because that's the Gold Coast Titans. I know you cannot really rely on them to perform at any point in time. And if they're going to make the finals, they've got to go on a run like they did at the back end of 2020 where they won five in a row. But I just don't see that same 
that same, uh, you know, consistency and that same effort from this Gold Coast Tigers team. They've got an easy run coming up and they can find themselves in the eight, but you've, you've got to get a win here and you've got to be improving each every week. And uh, for me, the likes of Brimson, Taylor, Sexton and Mitch Ray and the hooker need to combine better, need to get their big forwards, guys like Tito and Fafita, some, uh, some good quality football and start building some confidence and start building something that would look like a run into the top eight to the back end of the season. I've got the Titans by 10 in this contest against the Bulldogs, but I expect the Bulldogs to be their grindy selves. It's going to be tough for them without their best player, Luke Thompson, after he got found guilty and uh, has been suspended for three weeks. But I think that the uh, the Titans, it's not going to be all easy for them on Sunday, but they should have enough to get the job done against this uh, this luckless uh, Bulldogs team, really, who are really just looking forward to next year at this point. The last game of round 20 takes place from Redcliffe up there in Queensland at Morton Daly Stadium when the Crown Sharks host the Manly Seagulls. And for the Sharks, they got a much needed win to go over the Bulldogs last week to find themselves in the seventh position on the top eight. Of course, Manly, they've been in sixth spot for a while now, so sixth versus seventh this week. They got a good win over the Tigers themselves last week defensively. Um, they didn't have their best showing. The Tigers were in that game for a long period of time, but it just shows you that Manly uh, have a bit of an X factor that a lot of other teams don't have. They can score points anywhere over the field. Morgan Harper and uh, Daly Cherry Evans had two of the best games I've ever seen both of those guys play ever, and that includes everything that Cherry Evans has done over his 10-year career. It's great to watch. Tom Zorovic had a bit of a quiet game last week, so expect him to come out firing in this contest the Sharks, they're a team that likes to really get in the grind and uh, limit the amount of points that the opposition scores as much as possible. If they can win a game 12-10, to 10, then the Sharks are going to be there to fight um, every tooth and nail. Obviously, uh, this year, with the rule changes, that has become harder to do. But if they're any chance against Beardley in this game, that's what they've got to do. They've got to limit their attacking opportunities, kick to the quarters, really try to eliminate Tom Tarorovic from the game. I expect uh, that they're going to put up a good fight in this contest, the Sharks. I mean, they're starting to get to a place where they're playing with confidence, which is good to see. Um, Johnson, of course, he's a big loss from their team. He uh, getting injured last week, so it's going to be a tough, uh, a tough hurdle to overcome this week. But uh, for them, I just think that they're they're in the grind and they're going to be really competitive towards the back end of this season and really, um, really be out to prove a point and make the finals. So. I like the Sharks, but I just think that Manly, at the moment, they're playing with too much confidence. I don't know whether they'll lose their next game. They've got a huge test against the Storm. I believe it's next week, so maybe it's next week. Um, but uh, if there are any chance the Sharks, it's got to be on the back of Tracy and Trindle, who have been named in the halves this week. I like that young halves combination. It gives some exciting youth a shot, and both of them are good runners of the football, so expect them to run the, run the ball... Um, as, as much as they can. Trindle's a really good organiser of the game as well, so he's a good game management uh, player, so he's going to be the one that's tasked with trying to eliminate Tom Zorovic and neglect his impact as much as possible. Uh, but the Sharks forwards, the likes of Aaron Woods, Aiden Tolman, Nakora and Rudolph really have to step up and uh, take charge because Manly's forward pack guys like Schuster and Oluwatu have just been so powerful and so damaging this year. Um, that they're going to be hard to stop. And then you look at the bench and you've got uh, some handy footballers and Carl Lawton and Ciro, Curtis Sirodin, that plays his first game in a long time. Uh, they can really make a difference on the bench. So I expect a tight contest. I think Manly have got enough to win this game. I've got Manly by 10 points in this game. Um, and those are my tips for round 20. If you guys would like a recap, I'll go through them now. 
my voice is starting to run out, so apologies. Uh, but in the first game, we've got the Roosters upsetting the Parramatta Eels. I've got the Tigers defeating the Warriors. The Broncos uh, going down to the Cowboys. Actually, tipped the Cowboys in an upset in that game as well. The Rabbitohs being way too strong for the Dragons. The Raiders uh, getting just over the top of Newcastle. The Storm destroying and humbling the Penrith Panthers. The Titans defeating the Bulldogs and Manly just overcoming the Sharks. By the way, I've got Manly by six in that match, if I didn't give you a margin. What's my special of the week? Well, I just think the Roosters head-to-head against the Eels tomorrow night is an absolute special, so get on that one. Uh, Thank you guys for listening to the show this week. Stay safe, and I'll see you guys next week on Steve's NRL Footy Tips. I'll see you then.